You are listening to You Were Made For This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode, number 76. It's our annual All Saints Day episode, which we're starting for the first time here at our studios at One Podcast Plaza in New Berlin, Wisconsin. Each year, All Saints Day falls on November 1st, where Christians around the world remember and honor those who have passed on to the next life. We're a few days past November 1st, but we can still participate in it. In the Roman Catholic tradition in which I grew up, All Saints Day is a holy day that honors the canonized saints of the church by going to Mass. I'm not a Catholic anymore, but I found that other Christian traditions have embraced this custom of honoring godly people who have gone on before us. However, the saints that I'm talking about are not the people with celebrity status you find with Roman Catholic saints. For the word saint is derived from a Greek word whose basic meaning is to set apart, to sanctify, or make holy. Various forms of this term appears throughout the New Testament and simply refers to followers of Jesus Christ. It had been decades since I last even thought about All Saints Day until one Sunday a few years ago when Janet and I and a few friends attended a Moravian church service in northern Wisconsin. It happened to be on the Sunday closest to November 1st. It was a very small congregation, less than 50 people. And I really liked this church. They played 90s music, uh, 1890s that is, 1890s. They had a choir and hymnals and the whole nine yards. And during the service, uh, the pastor, uh, a lady by the name of Dawn, Pastor Dawn, Uh, After the announcements, she reminded the congregation uh, that it was All Saints Day and then asked the people sitting in the pews uh, for the names of those uh, from their congregation who had died in the past year and what people remembered about them. Well, people in the congregation, uh, one by one, would would stand up and mention someone's someone's name, and they would talk very briefly about the person. And, and And so did Pastor Don. They mentioned what they appreciated and admired about the deceased. I think it would be wise for all churches to do the same thing once a year. It brings people together around their shared roots. It creates community. It's a very lovely custom. For me, it was a delightful experience and got me thinking about the people in my life worth remembering for the example they set or for the impact they had on my life. I wonder the same for you, too. Who are the people you know who have died who have made a positive impact on you? Who, while they were still alive, made a difference in your life? I'll give you an example of a married couple who did that for me, and for Janet, too. It's a brief story about my friends Bill and Dorothy Narwald. They died over 20 years ago. But here's what uh, I've been remembering about them lately. 
First off, they were our parents' age and were just delightful people. And despite our age difference, they enjoyed being with us and we enjoyed being with them. They ran their home as a rooming house. Their boarders slept in rooms on the second floor while Bill and Dorothy had their bedroom in the basement. And many of the boarders we came to know too as friends. It was, it was just a really cool living arrangement. Bill had a wide breadth of interest, one of which was genealogy, and he got me hooked on it too as we joined a genealogy club together. Bill and Dorothy invested greatly in their children and grandchildren. They instilled godly values in them. And people just loved being around them, especially Janet and me. We learned how to live life by watching how they lived theirs. And above all, they loved Jesus. Well, there are several stories about them that come to my mind that reveal much about their character. The first one is when Bill got laid off from uh, his job at the largest bank in town. He had been there for many years. And I was uh, doing my recruiting business at the time, and he asked for help in finding a new job, or maybe I offered. I don't remember which happened first. So we got together uh, frequently, uh, once a week for a long time, just to go over his progress. And the thing that I really appreciated about Bill is that he actually did what I suggested. So many times when I had my recruiting business, people would come to me and ask for advice uh, for, about their resume or how to find a job. And I would tell them what my experience had been in the many years I'd been doing that kind of work. But I can't really recall anyone actually following the advice because it flied in the face of what um, conventional wisdom was. And many people just weren't willing to put in the work, except Bill. This older guy my father's age did exactly what I told him to, to do. And, and it worked for him. And he, had a, he landed a great job after that layoff. Well, the second story um, occurred when uh, one of our kids was in middle school and was having a really significant problem, um, this particular child of ours. And we were just beside ourselves with what to do. We got all kinds of advice from the school and from our friends, and all of which made perfect sense, but none of which seemed right in our hearts for our child. And so we went to Bill and Dorothy, this much older couple, these wise people who had so much to offer, and we explained the situation and asked them what they thought. Well, their advice went something like this. You know, you know your child much better than anyone else. Trust your instincts and do what you think best, regardless of the advice others are giving you. Hmm. So that's what we did. And it turned out to be the best for our family, even though it was the opposite of what everyone else advised us. They were so wise. The third story is, a, is about their wonderful sense of humor. Uh, they had a very large family, and one summer uh, they invited us, along with, uh, with our family, uh, all their kids, all their grandkids, to uh, vacation with them at a very large cabin in northern Wisconsin. And we, we had a great time. Well, somewhere near the end of the week, um, uh, they had, this particular cabin had all kinds of equipment that we could use, and one of which was a, a canoe that everyone really liked. 
but it was locked in a shed and you needed a, um, a key to get the canoe out of the shed. And the big yellow foam rubber handle attached to the key and it just said canoe key on it. So back and forth for all through the week, we were exchanging this canoe keys. Well, one day Bill wanted to go out into the uh, canoe and um, he couldn't find the key. So he started asking around. He was looking around and talking to all the kids, all the grandkids, and nobody knew where the canoe key was. And he he got a little ticked at this. And I, um, he was grousing about the fact that how irresponsible his grandkids were, that they couldn't keep track of this canoe key. And uh, they were able to get a replacement, but it was, it was just a big hassle. Well, several weeks later after returning home, I was sitting next to uh, Bill's wife, Dorothy, in church. And she leaned over to me and whispered, I have something for you. <laughs> then she, uh, she uh, reached into her purse and quietly pulled out the missing canoe key and then whispers again to me, I found this in Bill's jacket pocket. He had it all along, not any of the grandkids. I trust you're going to do something with this. (laughs) I accepted this challenge from Dorothy and went and had a plaque made. I went to a a trophy store, actually, and they had a piece of wood, walnut wood, about eight and a half by 11, a rectangle. And on top of the the wood, I had a a plaque uh, in brass. And I forget what the wording was, but it was something funny about... um, honoring him for um, his, uh, his forgetting to uh, keep the canoe key where it belonged. And on the plaque was a, uh, on the wood was a hook um, that held the, the canoe key. And they were going to put it up in their living room. Well, somebody had organized a get-together and, and a ceremony to give it to him with everyone around. And it was, I think it was just Dorothy and I were the only ones that knew what the plaque was. Well, once he opened it up and, and read it and showed it to everyone, the whole room burst into laughter. But Bill, the one that we were making fun of, he laughed at the loudest uh, because of his uh, misdeed. He just got a big kick out of that. And that sense of humor, that, that humility, that ability to laugh at himself was just a very endearing uh, quality about Bill. Well, the last story about Bill is something that I wrote about in my book, Them. Uh, It's just a few paragraphs uh, from the beginning of uh, chapter three, and I'll read it to you because it, it says a lot about Bill. My friend Bill was a lot different from me, old enough to be my father, but unlike me, there wasn't much of anything wrong with Bill. He was one of the kindest men I had ever known. By the time we first met Bill and his wife, they had raised a family, while family raising was still a work in progress for Janet and me. Bill always carried a pen and a very small notepad with his to-do list in his shirt pocket, something his family would sometimes make fun of. He would laugh at their reaction while he touted the benefits of being organized and prepared. I admired how comfortable Bill was in his own skin. After his wife, Dorothy, died, Bill lived a full and productive life. But then he developed prostate cancer, and I watched him die. 
His daughters lovingly cared for him in his home, and my wife Janet would spend nights with Bill and his daughters, so none of them would be alone. No one should be alone when they die. I took a shift being with Bill one night, and in the midst of small talk and watching TV, he looked to me and said, I want to thank you for all that you have meant to our family, for how you've blessed Dorothy and me, and how you've been good friends to our children. It was his goodbye to me. Bill was a class act. I miss him dearly. That says a lot about Bill and explains why I miss him. He was just a, just a great, great man. If you forget everything else, here, here's the one thing that I hope you remember from today's episode. It's this. You can participate in All Saints Day by remembering people now with Jesus who impacted you in a positive way, like Bill impacted me. And then try to live like they did, so that someday others will remember you with the same degree of fondness and appreciation. Well, what can we all do in response to today's program? While it's good advice to always have a doctor younger than you, it's even better advice to always have a friend a generation or two older than yourself. All Saints Day is a reminder that one day it will be our turn to be talked about, to be remembered. And wouldn't it be wonderful to be remembered like they do at the Moravian Church I mentioned? where people get up and say a few kind words about what they recalled about you and the positive impact you had on their lives. For that to happen, we need to prepare now to be the kind of person people will remember fondly after we're gone. We need to become the role model for others that we wished we would have had ourselves. This doesn't happen by accident, and we can't do it on our own strength. We need the power that only Jesus provides so that we can live a life that impacts others for good. Asking God for that power is an important way we can respond to today's episode. As always, another thing you can do is to let me and your fellow listeners know what resonated with you about today's episode. I'd like to know the saints in your life who have helped to make you the person you are today. You can share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes, or you can send them to me in an email to john at caringforothers.org. You might also want to check out episode four, The Gift of Even Though, that I recorded, uh, I think it was in 2019, episode four. It's about another saint that's deserving of honor on our All Saints Day. Perhaps next year we'll talk about her. Also, my brief blog from August 19th of this year, How to Age Well, relates well to today's topic, so you might want to check that out too. Well, in closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to consider how you should live in such a way that after you've left this earth, people will remember you on All Saints Day. For in doing so, you're bound to find the joy God intends for you in your relationships. After all, you were made for this. And now for our Relationship Quote of the Week to close out today's program. It's this. 
Nine-tenths of wisdom is appreciation. Go find somebody's hand and squeeze it while there is still time. And that comes from Dale Doughton. Well, that's all for today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye for now.